Well, good morning. I want to ask you a, a question. If we can have the second slide, please, uh, Chris. The next one. Lovely. How much does the Bible influence the way you live your life? Just ask yourself that question and be honest. I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up or anything like that. All of you um, introverts, you don't need to <laughs> shrivel up. But it's a question that is worth asking ourselves. Um, the psalmist said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I love how Eugene Peterson puts it. By your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. I've committed myself, and I'll never turn back from living by your righteous order. I heard the story a, a friend told me that he was sitting next to somebody in church and, and he noticed as the speaker was speaking that this guy was jotting things down in the margin of his Bible. And he thought, he was so intrigued as to what it was. So he went up to the guy afterwards and he said, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm being nosy, but I couldn't help but notice you kept writing things in your Bible. What, what was it? And the guy showed him his Bible. And in the margin down through this passage of scripture, it said YBH, YBH. He said, what does YBH stand for? And this guy looked at him and said, yes, but how? See, when we read the Bible, we want to know how to apply it to our lives. And, and really, that's what I, I want to do in a, a, a short space uh, this morning. Uh, how do we apply this um, wonderful letter to the Ephesians to our own lives. Um, Paul calls us to live as children of the light. We're going to read a passage in a moment. As shiny people who dispel darkness. People, as we move around uh, this world, as we live our lives, there's something about us which brings light into a situation. Can we have... Uh, Next, I, I've not got my clicker, so thanks. There are some, these are two words. I'm sorry if it sounds a, a bit sort of heavy going. I promise you it won't be. But if you read the Bible, particularly if you read the teachings of Jesus and if you read the epistles, you need to bear in mind that they always use the same technique or method for teaching. It's the, uh, the indicative and the imperative. The indicative tells us what God has done. And the imperative tells us, as a result of what God has done, what should we do? And I always find that very helpful, and we can apply that here to uh, Philippians. Jesus used uh, uh, that in his teaching. Um, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The indicative, the imperative, so that whoever believes in him should have eternal life. Belief is required. He says... Uh, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. The indicative, the imperative. In Paul's letters, you, you see it too. Um, uh, you will see it as we read through Philippians, uh, read through uh, this passage of Ephesians. The whole letter to Ephesians has got that included in it. There are three main themes of Ephesians. Christ has reconciled all, all creation to himself. And to God, Christ has united people from all nations to himself and to one another in the church. That's the indicative. Then the imperative is Christians must live 
as new people. So you see, it runs throughout the whole thing. It has to have an effect on our, on our lives. <clears throat> this series is not information to keep as much as instructions to live by. And uh, our, our prayer is that as you've read through Ephesians, it will change the way you live. So we become a family of God, sharing his heart to reach the lost, grow the fan, and transform our communities. That's what we feel God has called us to be. And we can only do that by applying some of these, uh, uh, some of these things that we've uh, learned. So I'm going to read a, a little bit from uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes upon those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are in light in the Lord. Indicative. Live as children of the light. Imperative. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Paul talks about living as children of the light and becoming people who have a lightness in the way we uh, live our lives. A lightness that comes from getting to know the source of the light. Getting to know Jesus. And being transformed by his Holy Spirit as he shines his light into our lives. He shows us three qualities that will make us shiny people who dispel darkness. Here's the first one. He says, do good. Some joker uh, once said some people bring happiness wherever they go. Other people bring happiness whenever they go. So, <laughs> so ask yourself, what sort of person am I? <laughs> How about trying to be the best person you can be? I'll say that again, and some of you are getting twitchy, me saying this. And I'll explain what I'm getting at. How about trying to be the best person you can be? But you say, surely that's advocating salvation by works. You know, what I do makes me a Christian. No, it's not at all. Uh, the late Dallas Willard said this, Grace is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. Earning is all about attitude, effort is about action. See, God wants us to put what we're learning into, into action. It's not rocket science. Uh, the sporty prophet Nike said, just do it. Oh, you got that one. Well done, you're awake. Remember Ephesians 2, Mike uh, reminded us God is what God has planned for us. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Good works that God has prepared. <clears throat> we're, and we're not left to do it alone. It would be an awful thing, wouldn't it, if uh, God said, right, go out there and be like Jesus. Impossible. You say, well, I'm far from like Jesus. 
But he said, how, how about I put the same spirit that was in Jesus into you? And then do you reckon you can do it? Well, there's half a chance that we might start to, um, to do it, isn't there? Good works that God has prepared. You know, the, the darling of atheism, Friedrich Nietzsche, said this, I'll believe in the Redeemer when the Christian looks a little more redeemed. That's a challenge, isn't it? And then Jesus said this, because he, he has it all, all bases covered. Jesus said, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I remember a book came out some years ago called Conspiracy of Kindness, and it, was, it sort of introduced this concept of, um, uh, you know, doing... Um, servant evangelism, as it was called, where you go out, uh, and we do it here in the church with the sort of car washes and things like this, showing God's love in a practical way. And <clears throat> the, the guy that wrote Conspiracy of Kindness said it works so well because normally when you sort of try and tell somebody about Jesus, it goes up here into their minds and it has a sort of a foot to drop to get to their hearts. Whereas when you do servant evangelism, when you do a kind act, it immediately goes there. God wants to reach our hearts. So the second thing, the first thing, do good. Second thing, live right. Be an ethical person. Let your ethics be guided by Jesus' teaching. I heard about somebody who went to a lecture on ethics given by a guy from Thothix. But there we are. It's early morning, isn't it, for some of you? I'm sorry about that. You had an extra hour in bed and you're still... When Jesus said, follow me, he wasn't just giving us directions, uh, but instructions on how to live life his way. The whole sort of uh, way that rabbis taught was to say, Look, walk with me. Do things like I do things. And Jesus was uh, using the same means of teaching. So the, the little wristbands and the bumper stickers that used to say, what would Jesus do? Good question. What would Jesus do? There's an even more stretching question. How would Jesus do it? Because it's not just a case of going out there and being sort of self-righteous. But if we do it in the spirit that Jesus did things, it's important how we do it, as well as what we do. Way back in the 16th century, a, a Christian theologian called Rupertus Meldinius. There you are, you learned something this morning. He put it this way, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. Very good lesson to learn. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. Do good, love truth. Oh, sorry, do good, live right. Thirdly, love truth. We had a word before um, we came out when we were praying in the room there. Somebody... Um, the, the Lord spoke to them and said, be authentic. Now, God wants us to be who we are. 
He sees us. Anybody remember Cliff Richard? He sang a song many years ago, You know me better than I know myself. That is so true. Jesus, I'm shaking up here for some reason. Jesus knows me better than I know myself. And I, I think I've got a reasonable grasp on who I am. But he knows who I am. He knows who you are at the moment. You might be sitting there thinking, oh gosh, this is all a bit sort of boring and uncomfortable. I, I, I don't know that I really like this. Doing good, living right, loving truth. Where is this guy going with this? Be a person of integrity. We, uh, on, on the other hand, we have to reject today's relativism. You know what relativism is? Relativism is when uh, somebody says, oh yeah, well that's what you believe, that's fine for you. I don't believe that though, I believe this. And my truth is equal to your truth. It's not truth versus truth with both being equal, equally valid. No, we're not claiming exclusive ownership of truth, but as Jesus followers, we have a relationship with, with the truth personified. Jesus said, I am the truth. Now, we're not arguing concepts. We're talking about following Jesus. I am the truth, said Jesus. What's more, he backed it up in his life and in his death and in his resurrection. You know, that looks really good on your CV. C.S. Lewis uh, was once a devout atheist, but became one of the greatest apologists for the Christian faith. And his memorial stone in Poet's Corner in Westminster Abbey has this quote of his written on it. I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen. Not because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. You might, you might say, I just don't get all this stuff. I, I, there's so much of this stuff about Jesus that just doesn't compute. When you allow his light to shine into your darkness, which is what we read in our reading, then all is revealed. The truth is the person of Jesus. If you want to know what truth is, get to know Jesus and his ways. And you'll get to know and to love the truth. Now you have to come as you are, as I, I say that, that word we had was so pertinent. Be authentic. With all that I've said about uh, doing good and living right, it doesn't mean to say you're excluded if you don't do that. None of us do that all the time. This is just something we're aiming at. It's a direction for the journey. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh gosh, well, there's not much, not much hope for me because if you only knew what my life was like, you, you, you wouldn't challenge me on this because I'm a no-hoper, really. But I just like coming along because you're such friendly people and the coffee's nice. Let me tell you, there is hope. My dear mum always used to say, where there's life, there's hope, she'd say. And there's life in this place. Jesus came to give us life in all its fullness. And I, I used to say to people, just that's a, that's a nice verse to quote, but 
bear in mind life in all its fullness is the bad stuff as well as the good stuff. But he's promised to be with us in it all. My challenge to you this morning is if you have, as we all have enjoyed going through this uh, letter to Ephesians, just take note what Paul is saying here and the practical advice he's, uh, he's giving us and the offer that Jesus is making, the truth. Give Jesus your life. Do good, live right, and love truth. And you'll grow to be more like him. That's guaranteed, or your money back. But then Paul sets us some homework at the end of the passage we read. I say homework because home is where these things have to start. He says this, figure out what will please Christ, and then do it. Figure out what will please Christ, and then do it. See, like I say, it's not rocket science, is it? If you're about to embark on doing something, just ask yourself the question, is that appropriate for me to be doing it? If you're thinking about watching the program on the TV, just think to yourself, will that, will that serve a good purpose in my life watching that, or am I better off listening to some music or what have you? Figure out what pleases Christ and then do it. We've come to the end of our time. I, I want to give us the opportunity to respond to this. Um, we've got people here who would love to pray with you. If in any way this is spoken to you or uh, anything that you've heard this morning has spoken to you and you're thinking, well, I wish it was as simple as that for me. Why don't you come forward and get some prayer, and then you might uh, uh, find some light shed on that sort of dark part of your life. Jesus loves you. Jesus wants you to follow him, and he makes it possible for whoever you are this morning to come and follow. He made no exceptions. He didn't have a sign-up qualifying who could follow him. He just said, follow me. And if you want to do that, but you're finding that difficult at the moment, come forward for some prayer. I'm going to ask the band to come up. We're going to sing our last song. Let me pray, and then uh, we'll sing the song. And if you'd like to come to the foot of the cross uh, as that's being sung, then we would love to pray for you, whatever that situation is that you face. Father, we thank you that you are a, a good, good father. We thank you so much that you've made provision for us. We thank you so much that you've prepared good things for us to do. We thank you so much that you've given us your Holy Spirit to enable us to do it. And we pray now, Lord, that you would touch our hearts. Show us the truth. Lord Jesus, we honor you. We worship you. Amen.